Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church from the Gospel of Matthew. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. And amen. Well, as we shared earlier, this Monday, coming Monday, is Epiphany, meaning to show forth, to reveal. And it seems to be asking us the question, where may God be showing forth in the hidden parts of our own story? Where may the divine be revealing itself to us in our ordinary life? Simply, maybe even as we walk into a new year and we have this sense of like, maybe I could kind of start over or begin again. One of the questions I know I'm asking myself and many of us ask is, could I even be open to a metaphysical world, to something that is beyond just what I can touch and see, to the material in which I consume? Could I be open to something showing forth into my life and my story? And so with all of these questions and this epiphany, we hear this beautiful story and mysterious story that has often been commercialized and hijacked of these magi traveling from far to greet the Christ child, the first ones to greet. What a privilege they have. When I hear magi, I always think of maybe one of my favorite stories and one culturally that is known pretty well of the idea of the gift of a magi, of a young couple that's poor and doesn't have ability to buy each other Christmas presents, and so they sacrifice their most treasured gift to buy each other a gift. She cuts her hair to buy him a chain for his precious watch. He secretly sells his watch to buy her combs for her hair. They exchange gifts and realize they can't use what each other have given, 
But the gifts they've received are so much more to sacrifice for the sake of another. The gift of the Magi. O. Henry quotes it this way. The Magi, as you know, were wise men. Wonderful wise men who brought gifts to the babe in the manger. They invented the art of giving Christmas presents. Being wise, their gifts were no doubt wise ones. Possibly bearing the privilege of exchange in case of duplication. And here I have lamely related to you the uneventful chronicle of two foolish children in a flat who unwisely sacrificed for each other the greatest treasure of their house. But in the last words of the wise, but in the last word to the wise of these days, let it be said that all who give gifts, these two were the wisest. Oh, all who give and receive gifts, such as they are wisest. Everywhere they are the wisest. They are the magi. I love this story for so many reasons. One of its calls of what is behind this thing we do of giving gifts to each other. What do we really mean behind it? Is it just our contributing to the consumerness of our world, or is there something more at stake? I also love this gift because it reminds me of my own story. When I was with my brother on Thanksgiving, we would go to his, um, he was newly married, and we'd go to his family's house, and we would hear this story played on vinyl on a recorder. And we would always listen to it after Thanksgiving, and they would play it. And I remember as a family just sitting there, and we were listening to this beautiful story. Some people are about ready to cry. Everyone's cuddled close. And on this one Thanksgiving, as we were listening to it, and it got to this part of the end of the good conclusion of how they sacrificed for one another, my father, leaning back in the lazy board, began to snore <laughs> the loudest he had ever snored before. And everyone tried to act like it wasn't happening. But there was no not seeing it happening. And so he snored, and we make fun of him to today. And I love that because, to be honest, it's just a reminder of, like, there are so many things that are meaningful and good and beautiful in this world, and then there's just ordinary life, like passing out after you eat a bunch of turkey. And you know what stories we continually tell in our family are some of the most ordinary ones. Not the ones that have all the glamour and the show, but the ones that just are unique. The ones in which someone said an offhanded comment that wasn't planned or procured, but it shows up in a beautiful, revealing way to show that God may be deeply involved in the ordinary, humble, simple parts of being human, our lives. Where might you experience the showing forth, the revealing of God this year? These magi seemed wise, though mysterious. They bring these gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, which we're not exactly sure what they mean, but maybe they mean gold for a great king, frankincense for a great priest, and myrrh for one who will suffer and die. Strange gifts to bring to a child on the poor margins of society, where there was no room, lying in a manger. They bring the gifts for a king, a great priest, and for one who will suffer. 
Who are these magi, we wonder? The scripture we always imagine as three, but we actually don't know exactly how many there were. Sometimes they're referred to kings, which isn't true, but as wise men, women coming from the east, coming from far away from this story, breaking into a story that was not their own, but being invited into it by a star, by an image, by a light. Why does the story of Christ, Christ's origin story, begin with this? This hospitality to outsiders. What could we begin to even learn from it? One thing that seems to be contrasted in this story, and I think is contrasted in our own life, is this is the tale of two kings. Two ways of moving through this world. And the Magi become for us kind of a choice of how do we want to follow? How do we want to be led as we walk through this world? They show up to this place because they've seen this light and they go to the powers that be first and foremost. Because if you want to get things done, that's where you should go. If you want to know the information, go to those who are in power. And so they show up to Herod and Herod gathers them in, meets with them in a secret meeting, begins his own scheme of violence and destroying and trying to figure out, is there another king? Because there's not room for two of us in this place. Herod serves as one king and serves as an image of one way in which we can move through this world. Herod serves for us as a way of power, control, secrets, lies, violence, and systematic fear. This is how Herod rules. This is how Herod moves through the world. This is the way of Herod at the time. And to be honest, it's working not just on Herod, but for the people. As the scripture says, all the people in Jerusalem become afraid of this idea of another king, this unrest. Fear is within the system. It's within the bones. It's within the culture of all of the people. And they're beginning to follow its way. But there's another king. There's another way. Christ Christ serves as a different way. A way of joy. Of relationship, of community, of bond, of a child being weaned by his mother. It is a way of humbleness and hiddenness. It is a way of nonviolence and it is a way of worship and gratitude. Two ways are set before the Magi. One of fear, violence, lies, secret, power, and control, or a way of relationship, joy, humbleness, nonviolence, worship, and gratitude. And the Magi have a choice of which way they will follow. The story ends with these powerful words. They left for their own country, their own home, by another way. They showed up to this city, to this power, to this time, following the ways and being swayed in many ways by the way of Herod, but they they encounter a different way. They encounter Christ. They are drawn to this revealing of God within the structures of our world, and they leave by another way. 
I think one, that means they're leaving because they're like, okay, we don't want to interact with that guy anymore or we will be in it. But I think it's trying to hint we're leaving changed. Something in us, something in the way in which we see and interact in the world because of our encountering God in this Christ child, something in our heart, our body, our mind, our soul has changed and we will lead and live by a different way. And they invite us to this way. We all want it, right? The way of joy, relationship, humbleness, nonviolence, worship, and gratitude. We all want it. But let me tell you, I believe it is extremely radical. It is a different way of being in our world. And like the story of the gift of the Magi, it demands and it will feel at times like an intense sacrifice. Like you're going the wrong way that everyone else around you seems to be leading. It looks like spending less, potentially, in a culture that always begs us to consume more so that we can fill that void within. It looks like caring for the outsiders of your circle and maybe even yourself when we swim in the waters of narcissism and individualism. This new way seeks gratitude in the ordinary moments of life when we feel potentially like the world is falling apart and suffering is lurking around every corner. This radical new way that they are walking on is not a simple way. It is not an easy way. It is radical, and I believe they actually need community. They need others to walk with together. But it all stems from this encounter, this encounter of the divine in our world incarnate in the midst of humbleness, relationship, and gratitude. It is from this encounter that a new way begins to open up. I think when we start to think in our own lives, how do we pursue a new way of living? Not because we think we've got the answers or we've got it all perfect, but we just know the way we're living and the way that the world tells us to live just doesn't seem to be working in our bones. When we know in our bones it isn't the way in which we were created and crafted to live. When we begin to try to cut a new path, at times it feels like, like we're in a tight space. I think of these magis entering into the space in which Christ is born, and they enter in through this small door. The roof is close over their head. It's a tight, humble space. Sometimes simplifying our lives, sometimes just trying to, trying to focus on this way in which God is, at first it feels like we're entering into this tight space. But as we duck under the roof of this humble home, the Magi might have entered a space that was physically small, restrictive, sacrificial in many ways, but they have actually come into a world into a way that is wide and gracious, a place in, in which from the whole wealth of possibility can bloom and blossom. This is what God offers us. Grace literally means a broad and open space. It's that feeling of freedom, 
that feeling of, of there's just some rest and breath and openness to life. And sometimes to enter into that, it looks like going through a smaller, more radical way, a simpler way, a saying no to some of the things when we always feel like we have to say yes.